Good evening. This is the Voice of America in Washington. Welcome to another edition of Reporters Roundtable. I'm Douglas Simpuga. This evening we talk about the effects of climate change in Africa and what's being done to mitigate those changes. And with us tonight is uh, my colleague, Vincent Makori, Managing Editor TV English Africa. Vincent, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure, thank you. You're very much welcome. And joining us from Durban, South Africa, is uh, Suleiman Mugula, an independent political analyst. He joins us from Durban. Uh, good evening, Suleiman. Good evening, Douglas. Thank you very much for inviting me. You're very much welcome. As I said, uh, our topic tonight is climate change. There is, uh, in November, there was this climate summit in uh, Scotland. All world leaders congregated there, and the issue at hand was how to mitigate the impact of climate change. But Africa finds itself in a unique position. Um, let me begin here, Vincent. Uh, Africa seems to have the shorthand of the climate change issue because uh, despite it having the least uh, pollution, it's impacted so much now with the, a lot of, uh, the, of, by the impact of the climate change. Oh, most certainly, most certainly. In fact, uh, that has been the uh, discussion or debate of the decades. Uh, the fact that Africa um, contributes the least to pollution in the world but uh, has had to face the brunt of the, uh, the effects of climate change is a, it's a sad affair. But at the same time, we know that this issue of climate change, despite of all these beautiful speeches, especially from uh, people mm. from countries like, uh, you know, those of Africa or Oceania or mm. uh, the poorer countries that are affected. <coughs> it is highly political uh, because mm. the big boys of this world are very focused on the economic development and stability and uh, the the industrial, uh, you know, the, the effects of uh, industrial uh, development and progress, uh, of course, has an adverse effect on these poorer countries. But then because it's a political issue, uh, it's uh, a, a question of uh, who has clout. And those who have clout are the bigger countries. And uh, at the end of the day, whatever the discussion that may be, all the negotiations are always looking at the bottom line. How does it impact their economies? And they want to make progress. They want to continue being the most powerful economies in the world. And in fact, the irony is that even as they try to turn green, mm -hmm. some of these countries, they embrace the so-called green technology. That green technology still has a uh, negative impact on countries mm -hmm. uh, that are poorer. Mm -hmm. So, yes, uh, before we go to all the details, it is, it's going to be that way for a long time that Africa is disadvantaged because uh, this issue of uh, climate change is also a political and economic issue, and the bigger countries have a bigger say in both uh, the political dimension to that and the economic aspect of it. Uh, Suleiman, uh, South Africa is Africa's uh, big boy <laughs> as far as the economy is concerned. Uh, what's your take on this uh, world leaders congregating in one place and then dictating to Africa what Africa should and should not do? Yes, as uh, Vincent has said, as we are the third largest economy on the continent, we are, uh, as far as the contribution to emissions, we have a contribution because our economy is uh, is large and is 
is backed by fossil fuels. We are the 14th largest emitter of CO2. So we are part of the, of the gang that uh, emits these, uh, these, the CO2 in, in, the, in the atmosphere. So, but as this center said, much as we are emitters, we are not the highest. And like any other African country, we are equally affected big time. So you find that all these effects, regardless of what the speeches they are giving, regardless of the commitments which they are giving, which they are not even fulfilling, because most of the commitments which were made in the Paris Agreements have not been fulfilled to coming to COP26. So much as they give very beautiful speeches and make very big commitments, they don't fulfill them. But by and large, regardless of the speeches, what we can say in reality is that climate change is a reality for Africa. And it is not new. For almost a decade, we are struggling with the effects of climate change. We have got severe droughts. The severe droughts are becoming more and more intense. Floods are becoming more and more intense. Landslides are becoming more and more intense. Heat waves are becoming more and more intense. And unfortunately for us in Africa, we don't have the capacity to be able to mitigate them. That is the dilemma which Africa is in, especially the ordinary man on the street or in the villages. I see. Uh, Vincent, uh, as he, as, uh, as uh, Mugula just said there, the, despite the causes of the climate change issue, the impact on, in Africa, it's, it's, it's felt because uh, according to some uh, report by the World Meteorological Organization, changing precipitation patterns, raising temperatures and more extreme weather contributed to mounting food insecurity, poverty and displacement in Africa in 2020, compounding the social, economic, and health crisis triggered by the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, we, if you move across, across the continent, Vincent, you see the severe deforestation uh, taking place. You see these weather patterns changes. It's having a, re- a real impact. It is a real impact, and uh, the impact has uh, different fronts. You know, when you look at, for example, the Horn of Africa, we have uh, seen prolonged uh, droughts there, which uh, results into uh, lack of, um, you know, any meaningful agricultural activity or harvests. Mm. We have seen prolonged droughts in southern Africa. And not long ago, I was yeah. in Zambia and Malawi and Zimbabwe, and you couldn't, you know, it was unbelievable how dry the land the land is looking. In fact, the waters of even some of the rivers like Zambezi and others have gone mm. very low. Now, you go to West Africa, north, we're talking about even just uh, the Sahel region in as much as it has always been dry, but it's getting worse. And and so when, when these droughts happen, when these droughts get extended, what do we have? We have um, lack of food. Um, those um, communities that rely on uh, uh, cattle and uh, other animals, they lose their wild, their, their, <clears throat> their herds of animals and uh, as, as a consequence, we have um, f- uh, food shortages. Food shortages uh, also lead to malnutrition and health issues for the children of these communities and, and so many other health problems. 
So for across the continent of Africa, we're seeing that today as we speak. We have uh, threats of, uh, of famine in the north of, of, of the continent, uh, in, in the Horn of Africa. We have experienced uh, food shortages uh, literally across the continent as we speak today. So when we talk about the consequences of uh, climate change for Africa, they are manifested in so many ways, which is not just having lack of water or, or, or crops not, uh, you know, being um, growing and not no harvests, but we're also having health issues. And, and so it becomes a health problem in so many respects and so many forms of health issues. So I- indeed, it's a devastating, uh, you know, issue for the continent of Africa, I have to say. Uh, Suleiman, yeah, and there in southern Africa, how is Africa, South Africa coping? Because uh, these effects of, of climate change, have, have some say, have led to a lot of migration to South Africa from neighboring countries. De- definitely, as you have said, um, as Vincent has, has said, whenever you have got uh, food shortages, food insecurity, it leads also to migration. Whenever people find that they are starving, it's also one of the causes of migration. You find people moving in different directions. So South Africa is a recipient of people from Africa, especially Ethiopia, Somalia, and some East African regions. As the, 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 the droughts hit, as the floods hit, then people are forced to migrate and we get even ourselves. The climate is affecting us. The only difference from from other countries is that South Africa is ready. It has got a national climate change adaptation strategy. It has got a blueprint where it is trying to mitigate um, to mitigate uh, effects of climate change. It is trying to find a way whether it can be able to to harness the water resources to 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 harness commercial forestry to harness the the agricultural uh, inputs, the agricultural sector, to be in line, to be able to adapt with the climate, with the increasing changes in the climate. So as far as South Africa is concerned, there is at least some hope that uh, the government is at hand, is is hand on deck with it, and it has got strategy to be able to, to mitigate it. But as you have said, our problems are not in South Africa. When the floods come in Mozambique, we are the one involved. When we have got doubt in in Zambia, we have got doubts in Malawi. All those ones, we have to shoulder them as a country. So still, it is a very serious problem as far as the region is concerned. And uh, unfortunately, the leadership uh, leaves a lot to be desired because there seems to be no collective or individual strategies to be able to to mitigate the, the effects of climate change in, in Southern Africa and on the continent as a whole. Uh, Vincent, uh, talking of... Uh, you had something to say? I, I want to add on to that, you know, the migration part of it, you know, other than, you know, people moving uh, across the uh, the continent, uh, you know, from one country to another. We've actually seen yeah. uh, the climate changes will contribute a lot to uh, people trying to cross over to Europe. Uh, the Mediterranean um, is uh, uh, has been a scene of disaster day after day. 
Uh, we know that a number of people tra trying to cross over the Europe are not necessarily coming from conflict uh, countries, but they are also running away from poverty, and some of its poverty has been uh, exacerbated by extreme drought. So some of these people who are dependent on the land yeah. cannot do so. And as a consequence, they're trying to cross over to Europe. They go through so much um, uh, suffering, just uh, trying to walk across uh, the northern part of the continent, going into, uh, uh, you know, rickety boats and try to go across to Europe, and many die. Every day we're talking, we're reporting on these issues of people dying on the Mediterranean. So it, it is um, it, the reality of the effects of climate change uh, is there. It, it's not something that you have to search for. We see it every day, and it's a really sad affair. Yes, and uh, for those just joining us, if you're just joining us now, you're listening to Reporters Roundtable. We are coming to you from the Voice of America in, in Washington. Tonight, we're looking at climate change and its impact in Africa. Uh, my panelists are my colleague, Vincent Macquarie, Managing Editor, TV English to Africa, and Suleiman Mugula, an independent political analyst in South Africa. Uh, gentlemen, we, now we disagreed the impact on climate change in Africa is definitely there. It's visible. It can be yeah. seen can be touched. But now, are, Af are African governments doing enough because they are helping even deplete the forests? They, are, they, they, are, they, are, they don't seem to be caring at all. What do you think, uh, Vincent? Yeah. You know, the, um, the, the whole question of uh, climate change and the impact of all that on the communities uh, also has something to do with management. Uh, mm. When you look across the continent and in countries which are severely, uh, seriously affected by the severe mm. consequences of climate change, you notice that in many situations there is no strong management of the, 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 the situation itself. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, uh, what has been put in place in the issue of water management, mm -hmm. uh, what are the countries doing, for example, to uh, generate electricity without uh, relying on, mm. on on hydroelectric power, which, you know, I went down to Zambia and Zimbabwe and, and, and um, Malawi, and here you find countries having no electricity because they tell you there's so much drought mm. and the water levels are low and the Victoria Falls and we have no no no, no source of uh, hydroelectric power. And, and, and so you ask yourself, here's a country that is uh, uh, bathed by the hot free sun <laughs> every day mm -hmm. every minute have you thought about perhaps harnessing the other sources of energy mm -hmm. in order to give your people electricity which mm -hmm. will help the economy to continue growing so that people don't have to close shops because they have no power uh, there is also the question of uh, for example infrastructure there are countries on the continent and i can mention including kenya where you find that uh, uh, where, while people in the northeastern part of the country mm. are on, on the uh, you know on the verge of uh, uh, hunger, even starvation, <clears throat> some of them. There's so much food in the mm. western and southern part of the country, mm -hmm. but the food cannot be transported because of lack of uh, uh, you know proper infrastructure, or sometimes just lack of the systems to uh, you know to to make sure that you can balance off. Uh, the the different weaknesses and strengths of the regions, mm -hmm. and, and that applies to many other countries of the continent. Uh, there lacks a proper management 
of, uh, of, 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 of all that needs to be uh, in place in order to mitigate the impact of climate change. Mm. It's a reality. It's hitting the continent mm. and, and it's affecting many communities. But the lack of management is actually what makes things even worse because you cannot wait for the ideal condition. You cannot mm. wait for the, uh, you know, this COP20 whatever to be implemented so mm. that things can change in your country. You have to figure out how do we help the communities that are affected. For example, how do you help those communities that rely uh, on pastoralism uh, when, when they are hit by drought every year? What alternative economic activities are you introducing to those areas? Mm -hmm. uh, and these are things that are happening year in, year out. You've talked about mm -hmm. it for the last 20, 30 years, and you have not come to a solution it tells you something about, uh, you know, the management and the leadership in the continent. Uh, Suleiman, your take on the leadership's role in combating the effects of climate change in the continent? Vincent is right 100% that our leadership on continent lacks the vision, it lacks uh, creativity. Uh, the leadership is letting down the people. Uhuru Chinyata ran to the Glasgow conference to make very powerful speeches but at home, people are dying. There is a drought stricken area. When they asked about it on the sidelines, he's saying they have just mobilized the resources and they still want to ask help from other countries, those who can help. And as Vincent has said, Kenya, it's not the first time that they are facing the, those northern areas are facing drought. This has been in and out, but now again, the country finds itself in severe drought, and they have to mobilize resources quickly, quickly, without, without, without prior plans. Whereas they should have been with the contingency plan, because this is something which is going to happen. Again, in the neighborhood in Uganda, we have had severe rains, which have flooded. The, the levels of Lake Victoria have risen many times and they have flooded the, the area, the areas which are surrounding the Lake, the Lake Victoria Basin. But you find the governments, they don't care. Houses are inundated. People are swept away. They don't know what to do. They have uh, disaster management institutions, but they are helpless. They are as if they are not there. Landslides will come in Uganda every year. Once heavy rains have come, there will be landslides. Still, people will be washed away. Still, more emergency will be needed. Still, the country is not prepared for it. As we speak, they can hit any time when the rains come, but you'll find that it will find the government still unprepared. So are other areas. In West Africa, we have got coastal areas. There is coastal erosion which is taking place, but the governments are, are, are dragging their fees to get solution to them. They, they want to, 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 to seek for assistance from, uh, from foreign donors. They cannot mobilize resources. They cannot prioritize problems. The continent has failed to get leaders who can understand the priorities of this continent. Mm -hmm. As you were saying before we came to this one, United Nations is estimating about 86 million people who are migrating within the continent because of the effects of climate change, because of the disasters which we get. 
as a result of that, you find people are moving up and down. Increased poverty, increased drought, increased floods. They are making people to move up and down, but the leadership does not have the initiatives which you can help the people and their own countries. Yeah. You know, I wanted to add on to that. Mm-hmm. You know, for instance, you know, referring to the issue uh, of uh, food shortages and uh, drought in the northern part of Kenya, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here you find uh, communities that are dependent heavily on uh, on cattle Mm -hmm. and and, uh, other domestic animals. Now, it's a given that when drought hits, these animals are going to die. And uh, once those animals die, these people Mm -hmm. have no alternative because they are not farmers. Mm -hmm. They don't really engage in serious farming. Mm -hmm. Now, there have been, you know, droughts, you know, if not every year, sometimes every three years. And one of the things that one time I spoke to an expert, he said, here's how you could resolve some of these problems. These people keep cattle. Yeah. How about building abattoirs, building meat processing plants in those areas yeah. so that mm. these uh, communities can be encouraged to sell their cattle. You make, you, you, you offer them money so that they mm. sell the cattle. Mm-hmm. These cattle are sold, are, are, are slaughtered, and the meat is packaged, and that becomes a major industry. You will create jobs for locals who may work in those abattoirs, those meat processing companies. You will create a, a, a local economy whereby the people who work in these companies will need other services, including mm-hmm. real estate. Uh, you know, they want to stay somewhere. You may have supermarkets there. But how does this help mitigate the effects of a climate change? When the drought comes and most of these people can't keep their cattle, they can sell them all, they have money, which they can use to buy food mm. that will be transported from the western part of Kenya. Uh, if you need to get some of it even from Uganda, you can. Mm. And if you build a good infrastructure, you can now bring in maize, beans, mm. rice, and whatever, and you bring it to these regions where you've already created a very thriving economy based on cattle keeping. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a result, all these people can uh, purchase the food that has been transported from the other part of the country, mm. they don't have to die of, of hunger yeah. because it's food mm. in the western part of Kenya, in part of Uganda. Mm. And the only reason why every year we're seeing these very miserable images from, say, northeastern Kenya is because we see mm. these communities keeping their thousands and thousands of cattle, mm. eating this uh, little ever-reducing um, pasture. Mm. Then the drought comes. It goes on for two months, three months, four months, six months. And what do we see next? All the animals die. Mm-hmm. As if it's a surprise to us. Mm. Oh, all the animals have died. Of course, these people are not farmers. Mm-hmm. So what are they going to eat? Mm-hmm. And we don't have the infrastructure to take the food from western Kenya, from Uganda, so that these people can have food to eat. It, I mean... Some experts have said it's a no-brainer if you have uh, yeah. planning and you, you're deliberate about this and you anticipate. Mm. These are not surprises. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We know our weather patterns over the years. So regardless of what's happening yeah. globally with the mm. climate change, we must anticipate 
the cycles mm-hmm. of uh, you know rain and drought and rain and drought. We I have see. to anticipate. I see. Something well, uh, yeah, to- yeah. talking talking to some some in in, in, in uh, government in, in Africa, they claim that you see Africa is in a catch twenty two situation. The developed mm-hmm. world is telling them to adapt to this green energy, do this, don't destroy the environment. And they say the developed world did all that and developed and developed infrastructure. Now, Africa is can't, of, can't afford to go green. They are fast in, they are developing yet. So uh, how, how do they balance that briefly? Uh, as Vicente has said, Douglas, this is a no-brainer. The, the continent is the most vulnerable, and we know it over the years. We know that Ethiopia will be affected. It is a country which will be affected by drought in one region or the other. We know Uganda will get floods. I mean, we know all these countries. We should, the, the leadership should take a, it as a priority to plan, to get strategies, to find a way to mitigate these issues. Why should people, but what do the governments do? You'll find most of the African countries have got stocks and stocks of tear gas. They have got stocks and stocks of guns. They are ready for any 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 opposition matches. If there is a, a demonstration, an opposition demonstration, all the governments are ready with the most sophisticated arms. But mm-hmm. if there is a, a flood, the governments don't even have movement. They, they cannot even move to go and rescue people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always so, uh, the, uh, sorry. Eh? Go ahead, ahead, Mola. Finish your thought and then I wanted to to add. I was just saying that the leadership in Africa leaves a lot to be desired. We know our problems. It is a non-brainer. We can plan if we prioritize, if we know that these are the problems that affect us. Really, we are at the moment, climate change and poverty, they are intertwined. We know the socio-economic effects, which is it's going to, okay. to cause on the continent. Mm-hmm. But the leaders are not bothered at all. They are rusty. They are not bothered. They are just interested in remaining in power other than solving the problems that yeah. face the people. I also wanted to add mm. that, you know, mm. we never need to invent the wheel, okay? Now, yeah. what lessons do we ever learn from other countries? The United States, for example, is a country that also has... Uh, uh, places of, uh, you know, heavy rainfall, the green places, but also it's a country that has a desert, a vast desert. United States has uh, regions where people are basically ranchers or they keep uh, 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 cattle. They, they're not farmers. But do we hear people dying of hunger because they live in the desert area? Do we hear of people dying no. of hunger because they live in Australia's drier parts no. of the Australia? No. Why? Because they have managed their regions according to the climatic conditions there. So if we plan and, uh, and, and, and learn from the countries that have dealt with these things effectively, we will understand instead of coming to uh, New York for, you know, trips for shopping trips and all that visit some of these yeah. areas and find out how do you manage your part the parts of your country that are very dry uh, how do you manage the economic activities there so that uh, you, we can transfer some of these skills we can take this knowledge and apply it back home our continent is is not the only continent that has semi-arid areas that experiences droughts it's a question of in the face of this global 
warming and the climatic changes that we are seeing, how can we manage our resources and our regions? Uh, it, you know, uh, with uh, with that in mind, with the reality that is on the ground mm-hmm. in mind, how do we do that? I see. Well, we are out of time, but uh, we shall keep revisiting the impacts of climate change on the continent. And that wraps up this edition of Reporters Roundtable. Thanks to my colleague, Vincent Makori, Managing Editor, TV English to Africa, and Suleiman Mugula, an independent political analyst based in Durban, South Africa. Gentlemen, thanks very much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure, you very much. Welcome. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Reporters Roundtable. A reminder that you can hear our roundtable on the internet. All you have to do is to go to VOA website, click on programs, and scroll down to Reporters Roundtable. You can also drop us a line. Our email is reporters at vionews.com. Once again, thanks very much for tuning in. And until next week, I'm your host, Douglas Simpuga. organization calls diabetes a major cause of blindness, kidney failure, heart attacks, stroke, and lower limb amputation. This is Rick Pantaleo. Please join Dr. William Cephalou, MD, from the National Institute of Diabetes and Digestive and Kidney Diseases, and me, when we talk about diabetes on the Science Edition of Press Conference USA. Be sure to listen Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. Hi, I'm Kim Lewis. Join me and a panel of journalists as we discuss the top stories of the week, including the House Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol, approved six more subpoenas targeting top campaign aides to then-President Trump and others involved in the effort to overturn the 2020 election. This and lots more on Issues in the News this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America.